Welcome to Living Well with Dr. Peg, where psychologist Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark explores a variety of mental health, wellness, and safety topics and shares biblically-based psychological strategies for living well and staying safe. Now, here is your host of Living Well with Dr. Peg, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Good afternoon, everyone, and Happy New Year. Welcome to today's episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, the first episode of 2018. We're here every Thursday on KLZ 560 AM and streaming online at drpegradio.com. And we're proudly brought to you by our sponsor, SSI Guardian, the only advanced safety education training program of its kind with an accredited CEU. To learn more about SSI Guardian, go to ssiguardian.com and tell them Dr. Peg sent you. Well, if you're a football fan, there's no better time of the year. We're heading into the college football playoff and college football is more popular than ever. But every college athlete first had their start in high school. The transition from high school to college can be stressful for any student, but research suggests that athletes may experience even greater levels of stress due to the dual demands of athletics and academics. So on today's show, we're talking about the challenges and rewards of excelling as a student athlete and the resources and practices for achieving balance and overall well-being. But first, let me introduce you to my guests. Tim Jenkins was signed to the NFL and CFL in 2013, first with the St. Louis Rams and then with the Calgary Stampeders before he went on to found Jenkins Athletics LLC. And Tim is joined by Palmer Ridge High School quarterback Ty Evans, I feel like the announcer, Ty Evans, who led Palmer Ridge to become the Colorado Division 3A state champs for 2017. And Ty was recently named Colorado's Football Player of the Year by Gatorade. And later on the telephone from Charlottesville, Virginia, we'll hear from University of Virginia clinical psychologist and associate professor, Dr. Antoinette Thomas. So Tim and Ty, thanks so much for being in the studio with me today. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having us. Uh, thank you. And this show's pre-recorded, so um, this show's our first show of the new year. So thanks again, and Antoinette Thomas uh, will bring her in later. Thank you in advance. Uh, so Tim, you were yourself were a college uh, standout as a starting quarterback and team captain at Fort Lewis College. And listeners from Colorado may remember you as the QB for Thunder Ridge High School back in 2008 when you led the team to a perfect 9-0 regular season record and Southern League championship in your first year of 5A football. So that's an awesome <laughs> thing on your resume, isn't it? Not too bad. Yeah, no, they don't yeah. remember me like they remember Ty already, though. Yeah, so you've been walking through the grocery <laughs> store, hometown uh, uh, Not at all. That's my wife. You know? She was a... Uh, my wife was a rock star cheerleader, so she was uh, <laughs> she was much more noticeable than I was. Okay. I, I could go through incognito, <laughs> and everybody noticed her. But so you guys were high school sweethearts, or no? She was way too cool for me. Okay. So okay. she uh, she was a year older than me, and Ooh. she was yeah, she was way too cool for me. I I don't even think I got a hello in the hallway oh, when we were wow. in high school. But, well, you look like but a everything cool worked guy. out, and it's uh, <laughs> and it's been it's been great. Yeah, so. it must have been a late bloomer. You <laughs> look pretty cool no, to yeah, this old lady over here. And Ty. Evans, uh, your dad and I worked together with SSI Guardian, um, teaching people about safety, violence prevention, active shooter response, and you were on the show, in fact, a couple 
weeks ago um, on your road to the state championship and sharing how your dad has raised you, being mindful of safety, and that's so important. Um, so thanks so much for being on the show with us today, and congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. quite an honor with um, Gatorade and certainly having the state championship leading your team to that uh, accomplishment. Oh, yeah, we uh, came out on top. Yeah, awesome, and we'll talk more about that uh, uh, shortly. So, Tim, let's start with you and, and your um, Ty's trainer, but let's learn a little bit more about you first and before we talk about kind of this um, developing the student-athlete. My show's about wellness, mental health, and um, athletics is great, and um, you know, as a, as a student athlete, the first word is student, and so we also want um, young people to be well-rounded. So this show is for any young people who are listening, it's for parents, it's for coaches, and even the fans to know what, uh, what it's like to be an elite athlete. Uh, so tell the listeners a little more about your um, background and how you transitioned um, from your experience signing with the NFL uh, to uh, your company today that trains elite athletes. Yeah, so I uh, obviously, when you already went through, I went to Thunder Ridge High School, and mm -hmm. I went to a tiny little D2 school, so mm. um, nothing like the looks Ty is getting. Mm. But, you know, I, I think, you know, throughout my journey and then going from Fort Lewis College and throwing my last pass to a kid who's now a lawyer. Oh, wow. Avon Austin, <laughs> who was the, you know, number eight overall pick the year that I came mm. out. It's, um, you know, each level I got to, and, and this is, you know, probably what fueled me to, to do what I do now, but... Um, each level I got to, I kind of felt a little unprepared. I mm. felt like um, there was a missing link between, you know, the high school to college jump for me and then the college to the NFL jump for me that I just wasn't, um, you know, properly prepared. And, mm. and, and I don't know if we necessarily give coaches enough resources um, at a lot of the levels to prepare athletes. Mm -hmm. So when I came back home and I was just hanging out, it was before I was, I was thinking about going back up to the CFL and um, my dad actually had a coworker who, uh, said, hey, would you um, be would your son be willing to come and work with him? And so mm -hmm. I went out and um, it was in Bennett, Colorado. I don't know if anybody knows it's way out east. And yeah. um, you know, I think I made like three bucks after paying for my <laughs> gas and getting back. But um, it was, you know, I I got addicted right away to it. Um, I love the relationship side of it, and then it just kind of grew from there. And then we went through our first signing day with all the guys signing, and um, you just start to see all these kids. Um, go through the exact same thing you went through and then hopefully have a little more success earlier in their mm -hmm. careers than, than I was able to. And, and now it's been, you know, I've been blessed to where it's, it's grown now and we have myself and seven full-time guys wow. that um, help assist in, in every aspect of, you know, what these guys go through. And um, it's been a really great thing. And, and uh, it was, it was definitely fueled for my playing career. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Well, what an awesome um, story and how you were able to reflect on your experience and take maybe um, some unfulfilled um, uh, outcomes that you had, but be able to turn that around and now help other, other young people, young athletes do their thing. Yeah. I think a lot of guys, when they, when they get done at that level, they get bitter. Mm. Um, and I was very much from the school of thought of, you know, I always kind of knew I was going to be a coach. I didn't mm. have that quite elite level like Ty does and some of the guys that we have right now mm -hmm. and um so it was just my natural calling and that's great you know God bless me with a soul to teach so 
Turned yeah. out Here well. I am. Yeah, it yeah, didn't turn out too excellent, bad. Excellent, excellent, <laughs> wonderful. Um, well, give some highlights on Ty's season, and then we'll hear from Ty uh, what it's been like for you, Ty, um, in, over this past year, and certainly what's ahead for you. You're a, a junior this year, correct? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So uh, give some highlights, because I'm going to ask you to Coach Tim, because um, sometimes it feels hard to brag on yourself, yeah. so I'll let you brag on well, Ty. Well, he's definitely a humble kid, so you would have heard yeah. everything yeah. about all his teammates, which they all did a great job, but... Um, you know, I, it was kind of a, uh, it was a perfect road. We would meet um, almost every single week and, and go through his film and talk about the week before and then, and then who he's got next. And, um, you know, Ty's one of those kids that you have to, you have to nitpick, right? You have to figure out, you know, there's times you'll go through and you'll grade his tape and it'll come out a little too good. So you've got to nitpick <laughs> to make sure he stays. I used to um, be a college professor. Yeah, those <laughs> students who have like a 99. Uh, you're you know, like, I got to find yeah, something yeah. else. That, um, but that was Ty. And, uh, you know, I think the most impressive thing about him this year was his leadership. He had a couple games where I think um, he was, a, he had a lot of emotion in it from last season. Um, but that, you know, after he gets through those and then we can talk through those and say, hey, you know, did the emotion hurt us? Did these other things help us? That he was then able to start to channel that to where everything you saw was, you know, especially late in the season was super positive, um, uplifting to his teammates. He was staying within himself. He was pragmatic about it versus letting emotion dictate mm. um, decision making, which as a quarterback is um, is always really hard. You right. always have um, there's a lot of natural pressures and a lot of natural emotions that, that come throughout a game, and you need to be able to compartmentalize those properly mm -hmm. and make sure that um, you're making the right decision based yeah. on the coverage and not trying to just throw a touchdown. And yeah, and so that's a I level executed, of maturity. Yeah, to, it's a huge level of yeah. maturity, and um, he executed, and obviously all the scholarship offers, and Gatorade Player of the Year is, um, you know, it's a huge deal. Mm -hmm. There's been one other kid who got it as a junior in the state of Colorado, and um, He's doing pretty okay for the Carolina Panthers right now, the okay. Christian McCaffrey. So, right. um, you know, Ty's obviously put himself into uh, an elite group of guys that have come from this state, and um, I, he deserves every bit of it. Mm. He's he's a hardworking kid, and he's got a great family, and yeah. um, we're proud of him. And we've got one of his sisters is here with us, <laughs> Mariah. You're an athlete yourself, right, Mariah? Yeah, yeah, awesome. And, of course, I'd love your dad and your mom. Oh, yeah. Wonderful family, wonderful people. And um, so if listeners want to know Ty's stats, uh, you, they had a nice write-up on you in the Denver Post here locally. Yes, and um, I've got the first exclusive uh, radio interview <laughs> with yep. Ty Evans yep. in, in Colorado, in the nation. So that's my bragging rights. <laughs> but you all, uh, Palmer Ridge uh, went on to a 14-0 season, won the Class 3A championship, which was the first football title in school history, Ty. Also in town history. In the town's history, as yes, well. Right. <laughs> so you you were one of the, uh, are one of the top quarterbacks recruits in the class of 2019 um, what was it like for you to play uh, in the championship game this year you guys played at the Air Force Academy didn't you yes that had to have been a thrill oh it was yeah. uh, it was uh, you know looking back at it and during the game even it kind of felt like a movie oh and yeah. that's I told one of my teammates beforehand I was like this this doesn't feel real this um, this feels like a TV show or wow. something just because you know all the anticipation building up to it and you're like we're here yeah and in that type of venue just made it um, so much so much more meaningful. Yeah, wonderful. And then uh, the whole town, the whole community, the whole right. state can come yeah. out and, and cheer you on. They can all fit into that oh, uh, yeah, stadium, right? Sure. <laughs> wonderful. Uh, well, uh, being the Gatorade 2017 Colorado Football Player of the Year is just quite an honor. Can you talk about what some of the criteria are to win that award? 
Um, well, obviously, it's, you know, your performance on the field. Right. But um, what a lot of people don't know is it also brings in your GPA and, you know, um, your involvement in the community. And um, I, you know, come out and help coach Tim camp, uh, coach at some of his camps and, you know, stuff like that. So all of that kind of builds into an all-around person, I think, that they choose. And mm -hmm. that's uh, what a lot of people don't see, I guess. Right. And what, what I see uh, written about the award is um, looking at academics uh, athletics and character and so again I know the family that you come from I know your parents and so um, uh, your coach took coach Tim has described you as just a wonderful kid I know your coach at Palmer Ridge as well has uh, been quoted in the paper <laughs> saying some wonderful things about you no slouch academically either 3.14 GPA which is good for any student and yet um, having the demands of a college athlete pretty good Yes, man. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So um, some of your other interests outside of sports, I know you said you're working with um, Coach Tim. Um, you're active in some neighborhood things and some national organizations as well. Uh, right. Um, you know, during the summers, I'm always up um, with Jenkins, either coaching camps, uh, roughing seven on sevens, um, training, all those kinds of stuff. And, um, you know, I do. Uh, it's really easy finding stuff to do with my dad just because he's connected to the fountain community so we go down there for like uh community cleanups uh shop with a cop um <laughs> you know just stuff like that yeah yeah habitat for humanity as oh, yeah. well yeah yep. yeah i did that uh years ago and um i was exhausted ty <laughs> it's, all, it's a lot of hard work <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah, a lot yeah. of fun at the same yeah. time I, well you're you're a well-conditioned athlete so it probably wasn't as hard <laughs> for you and a lot younger than me as well now what's it been like to receive this kind of media attention i mean you're on the Living Well with Dr. Pegg radio program. Heard around the world <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> online at drpegradio.com and locally here in Denver. Uh, what's it been like, the Denver Post and I'm sure other media outlets as well? Um, well, you know, I never really thought it would come to this. And, um, you know, sitting back last year after our season, I was just trying to get um, coaches to follow me on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what it's uh, coming out to this year kind of just exploded in my face. And, um, you know, getting calls from, you know, newspapers and websites when I'm just sitting down having <laughs> dinner, you know, it's a, it's different, but it's really cool at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so you're getting a lot of attention from coaches around the nation. Are you participating in any of those online um, database kinds of um, um, systems that where you register online and you post your film and coaches yes. can check you out? Um, I am a part of NC uh, NCSA. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it it helps a lot of athletes. It didn't really help me that much just because I think everybody's journey is different. Mm -hmm. Everybody's recruiting is different. Um, I know it helps a lot of kids get recruited, but just for me, it wasn't that big of a um, point in my recruitment, I guess. Right, but the technology is pretty cool. These oh, things, yeah, so. it's mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah, so talk about, we only have about three minutes left. I am such a non-athlete, Ty. <laughs> um, I did uh, cross-country um, for a couple of races. I didn't even finish out the season, and I came in last and the person who beat me actually would stop and walk and then she'd start running again because she got <laughs> tired and she still beat me and I came in last in that race. I did one more <laughs> one more meet and I was like, you know what, this isn't for me. For me. <laughs> then I played JV basketball. My The highlight of my JV basketball season was I got a technical foul because I didn't know you, could, you couldn't get mad and throw the ball down. <laughs> and so as an adult, I've been active, physically active, but I never played in competitive sports. And uh, I wish I had because I know there's so many life lessons you learn. Right. But what's a typical day 
look like uh, during the, the training se- during the uh, uh, season? Um, well, you know, get up around 6.30, go to school, um, have a great eight hours of schooling <laughs> and um, get off, go right to practice at 3.30. We usually end around, you know, 5.30, sometimes later if it, ha- you know, that happens. Um, Tuesdays I go up and watch Tim, uh, film with Tim. But usually I have to practice, come home, eat, shower, um, do homework, and watch as much film as I can before I mm, fall asleep. Wow, okay. <laughs> so not a lot of time to get into too much trouble. <laughs> no, that's definitely not a lot of free time. Yeah, yeah. And so what I want to talk about when we come back from the break is really uh, get kind of getting into your head of um, how you stay motivated. Because for me, as a you know non-athlete growing up and just trying to stay physically active, just trying to be healthy, stay fit, maintain my weight, sometimes you lose your motivation. Right. And so I really want to understand from you as well, Tim, um, how do the best athletes stay motivated when it's so competitive, it's so demanding and challenging? How do you just keep going? So when we come back from the break, I'll hear that answer. I'm speaking with Ty Evans as well as his trainer, QB trainer, Uh, Tim Jenkins. This is Living Well with Dr. Pegg. Stay with us. We'll be back. Are you prepared for a sudden cardiac arrest? Having an AED is simply not enough. School athletic coaches are required to have CPR and AED training, but they can only save a life with properly functioning and maintained equipment. Maintain compliance and reduce your liability with AED program management from SSI Guardian. Buy an AED and receive a two-year management program for free. Call us today at 877-878-5800 or visit us at SSIGuardian.com. You can learn a lot about yourself and God from a dog. When her children asked for a dog, this mom got them gerbils. So imagine their surprise, and hers, when she adopted an abandoned dog that she met in Dallas, Texas, just one day after her divorce. In a way that only God could orchestrate, her spur-of-the-moment decision to take in a little dog she named Dallas was just the beginning of a seven-year journey that transformed her life and taught her to see herself and God in a whole new light. Read Doggy Tales, Lessons on Life, Love, and Loss I Learned from My Dog, a delightful and heartwarming book by psychologist Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Part memoir, part Christian inspiration, Doggy Tales is a must-read for anyone who wants to learn to recognize God's voice, even in the most unlikely places. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you'll love Doggy Tales. Go to drpegradio.com books to purchase your copy today. Threats at our schools and workplace continue at an alarming rate and require an innovative approach to overall institutional safety. A 21st century safe school needs the right training, the right equipment, and the correct action plan to achieve a future-ready, safe learning environment. SSI Guardian's comprehensive evidence-based solutions and Tier 1 Security Consulting is the only active shooter training in America with an accredited CEU. Don't trust your safety to just anyone. SSI Guardian is the only choice. Visit us at SSIGuardian.com. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Living Well with Dr. Pegg. Again, Happy New Year. It's the first show of 2018, and as we start the new year, maybe you need some help to jumpstart your goals. If so, get your copy of my book, Do Something Different for a Change. 
an insider's guide to what your therapist knows but may not tell you. And if you missed last week's episode or any episode of Living Well with Dr. Pegg, check out my program archives at drpegradio.com. They go all the way back to 2011. It's been a blessing to be on the air for so many years. I've been speaking with QB trainer Tim Jenkins and high school standout Ty Evans, Gatorade's Colorado High School Football Player of the Year for 2017, who brought home the Division 3A championship title for Colorado's Palmer Ridge High School just last month. And we give a shout out to Palmer Ridge, right, Ty? Oh, yeah. Go Bears. <laughs> and again, thanks for being on the line with us. We also have holding uh, to join in our conversation later is a clinical psychologist, associate professor at University of Virginia, Dr. Antoinette Thomas. And we'll hear from her later on uh, some of the issues around mental health with elite college athletes, as well as resources and uh, recommendations uh, for them to be the most successful emotionally and on the playing field. So Ty, you're painting, painting a picture for us of, for someone like me who never played high school or college sports, uh, what, how, what, what that, um, routine looks like right. it really is you know get up eat go yes, to school <laughs> practice you know do your homework go to bed right rinse um, and repeat right yep and so that's how do you keep yourself motivated through that I would say you know it does kind of start to become a routine like going to practice becomes as regular as you know brushing your teeth in the morning mm. and um, you know I think it's hard for some athletes um, to try to stay motivated and try to come out with the same enthusiasm they do every day yeah yeah um for me personally you know i you know i love football and that definitely helps mm -hmm. i you know passion the funnest thing is to go out there and throw throw on the ball but um every day you know i try to get better and you know if i had two incompletions yesterday try to get one today mm -hmm. try to make that number zero and um you know try to just play as perfectly as i can in practice so when it comes down to the game i don't even have to think about it right and you know my performance just gets higher from there yeah and working with your dad as a as a um, trainer and facilitator for ssi guardian we go around the country doing safety training active shooter response training your dad always says in the training to the participants because we do a lot of role plays he says practice like you play right and so um, we have to make it real even in those simulated um, exercises because if you joke around and mess around when something really does happen you really are just going to sink to the level of your you know of that of the of your training and yeah. so if you haven't been training like it's real and giving it your all you're not going to be able to perform on on game day yeah we hear that a lot around the i household. bet you hear a lot of things around the house <laughs> and so uh tim as uh, ty's uh, qb co uh, coach with with uh, jenkins uh, qb uh, jenkins elite uh, is your business um, what's a typical day like for you he's not your only athlete and so um, what kind of um, routine and, and offerings do you have so if we have any parents or other coaches listening they might be interested in your services yeah so for us we um, I mean I we train something like 130 athletes in the state of Colorado and I think we probably have another 30 across the country that'll fly in and see us so it's great um, <laughs> a day is uh, fly by seat of our pants at the office for about nine hours. <laughs> I think. Yeah, we're putting day. a lot we're of routines the same. Yeah, we're most putting days. a lot of fires <laughs> yeah. out. I, I tell everybody as we've grown, my job has gone from you know texting and dealing with these guys to putting out fires that um, the other guys on staff need me to put out. But no, I think you know for I'd kind of like to dive into the motivation for these yeah. guys. And um, the thing that I would tell you is, as hard as it sounds, and as as tough as it is on these guys that they just don't really have a choice they have to stay motivated mm -hmm. um you know and 
he's it ties in an ultra competitive situation every time he steps into our training he's um he's next to three or four other kids that should also be power five quarterbacks mm. and um you know as much as they love each other and as much as i think they're all friends and have grown you know a deep friendship because they're like-minded kids and they're all driven mm -hmm. um you know every time he steps out he needs to be the best kid at group and there's four other kids that need to be the best kid at group. Yeah, and, gotcha. Um, so I just think they, they don't really have, you know, that much of a choice. And, um, you know, it's it's hard on these young guys because, you know, all I have real conversations with all these kids around the idea of, you know, there are days in the middle of summer where they want to be normal kids. Um, but the truth of the matter is, and, and I tell everybody this, I, you know, every Friday night that I passed up, not being a normal kid and not doing the normal stuff. Um, you know, I, I do all that again to run in front of the Denver and play Peyton Manning and the mm -hmm. Denver Broncos and my family be there. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where as much as they want to be normal kids and as much as, um, you know, they, they have those same pulls and emotions that all the high school kids do. Um, not every kid long-term gets to go and play in front of 75,000 people that buy his jersey. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's just kind of the, the reality of it. And a lot of these young guys have done such a good job, you know, understanding that, hey, I'm working towards something bigger. Um, I'm working towards something real versus, you know, when they get on social media and feel like, hey, I missed this party because I saw it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's not real. That's, um, you know, the work they're putting in with their teammates and, and on the side, that's, that's working towards something bigger and something that's going to serve them for a long time. Yeah. And it seems like you have to find the balance between looking towards the future and, you know, as your coach put it, you know, someone's buying a jersey with your name on it, kind of letting that pull you towards the future, but you still have to stay grounded in the moment because you can't get there unless you are successful in this moment. Right. Yeah, that's great. And so... Let's talk about some of the specific challenges and stressors of being a student athlete, first at the high school level, and, and we'll talk at other levels as the show progresses. But uh, we've already talked about how it's kind of just, you know, get up, go to school, you know, practice, study, go to bed, uh, and eat in there somewhere, yep. right? <laughs> and so um, that itself can be stressful. What are some of the other challenges, especially around academics, and um, even as your coach talked about, um, being a normal kid and, and social life, um, what are some of those stressors for you personally? And then Tim, I'll ask you to talk about the you know athletes in general at the high school level. Um, you know, honestly, just by the end of the day, finding the energy to put all of myself into the homework and you know making sure that I'm studying and um, you know that gets rough. Just finding, I I find more motivation, you know, finding motivation easier in football than I do in high school. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you. Um, and I think a lot of student athletes are like that, but you know, you just got to keep reminding yourself they kind of go hand in hand until you make it to the NFL. That's, that's how it is. And it's just something that you have to deal with. And, um, you know, I think a lot of the time personally, things just start to add up and they seem to pile up and become this, um, you know, crazy big thing in your head. And, you know, you just have to take it day by day and make sure that you're getting everything you need to do, um, you know, to get to those end goals and make sure that you're ready you know, so you're not stressed before you play a game. Mm -hmm. And that's so that's really interesting about how you talked earlier about you, you just absolutely love football. So it's kind of self 
motivating and um, it, it's actually harder to focus and stay motivated for school not to say you don't love school but in terms of kind of putting it on those scales right. one just kind of takes care of itself and you really have to put in a different kind of effort and yeah. keep yourself motivated in a different way um, what about the travel uh, was that extensive at, at this level for you in high school um, not so during the season just because you know everything's local but um, last spring and last summer it all felt like I was at DIA every every other weekend you know <laughs> yeah. I basically lived there and you know going out to visit colleges and go to these different camps and I was a part of a seven on seven team so we traveled to tournaments you know in Texas and um, Nevada and places like that so mm -hmm. um, that definitely started to feel like my life was going so fast that I needed to take a break and take a step back yeah. and, you know, really just collect myself. And I made sure to do that. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about self-care and, and how do you, you know, keep yourself uh, fresh. But first, I want to um, hear from you, Tim, in terms of the challenges um, and stressors for the athletes that you're working with, things that um, probably Ty mentioned are true across the board. But are there any other kinds of stressors that come up in your experience working with so many athletes? Um, the biggest thing we see is what Ty mentioned about the motivation for, for football and not necessarily studying or doing their homework. Mm -hmm. And um, we try to enable our guys by not having them be ashamed of what motivates them, mm. right? So um, right now there's a, there's a big push on athletes to, hey, you need to love school the same way you love football. And the reality is um, the kids won't ever get there, mm -hmm. but if you can tie it to, you know, when Ty texts me about studying or Alex over at Cherry Creek <laughs> and they, you know, don't feel like doing it and they'd rather do something else, that the, the truth of the matter is, is school's going to enable their football career. Mm -hmm. um, and the more they realize that, the more they're going to put into it. Um, and all of our guys, at, you know, I tell you, if you can sit through uh, NFL play call where it's like a paragraph, like some of the intros you have, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's a paragraph of language. If you can sit through and do that, in reality, when you apply yourself, you can be, uh, you know, 3-5, a 4-0 mm -hmm. with sure. the demands that these kids have on them. Um, but, I, you know, I tell you, I tell you the two biggest stressors we see are um, school and, you know, I think we need to try to figure out and talk through as a community at some point about the balance of treating our athletes exactly the same and maybe if we can give them some more support when it comes to their schooling, mm -hmm. um, it's really going to help them because there's, you know, the, when he goes to school for eight hours, has three hours of practice, has another, you know, two hours of film, um, you know, and what Ty's going through that, you know, maybe not every kid goes through, but two hours of college coaches calling him, mm -hmm. um, there's, you know, there's just the reality that a lot of kids don't go through that. Um, you know, there's other kids that maybe go to eight hours of school and then they have five hours of a job because they need mm -hmm. um, to do stuff. And I just think maybe we need to do um, some digging around what can we do as a community and schools to uplift some of our kids who do have a job, who do um, pursue athletics at a high level and, and what we can do to, to better support those young people as they pursue um, a big dream, right? They're not going home and playing five hours of Xbox. Yeah, they're going yeah. home and they're putting in um, a lot of hard work towards a big goal. So um, we see a lot of that stuff. And, and then obviously around the normal uh, social stuff that these kids go through from um, girlfriends and, and all that kind of stuff is, is obviously a stressor. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm sure you, you've talked to and addressed all the social media stuff and everything that's just going on in today's um, culture with young people. And yeah. um, 
you know that's that's good and bad all at the same time and and i think think we don't really know yet right we're still trying to figure out what all this means and what all what all this is is doing for our young guys so um but no ty hit it on the head i think just making sure that they're they understand you know what enables their passion Mm -hmm. well said well let's talk about the challenges of transitioning from high school to freshman athlete you're going to be facing that next year um tim the research shows that uh, freshman athletes transitioning to college um, experience unique stressors that can be different from their high school experience, um, ex- more extensive time demands, even a loss of that quote-unquote star status that you're a big fish in a smaller pond than when you get to yeah. college, right? Um, so that can be extremely stressful. Injuries, uh, even the possibility of being benched or redshirted uh, their freshman year, um, all of those kinds of stresses on top of the academics can really start to take their toll. What kinds of um, advice can you offer for transitioning from high school into the college arena? The biggest thing I I would tell any athlete who's going to college is that you just need to understand that you're walking into a job now. As much as we do say it's a student athlete and as much as we you know, uh, talk through how they're supported on the student side of it, that you're walking into a job. There's guys making five million dollars a year to coach you and um they they love supporting their family just as much as you love the game of football Mm -hmm. so understand what you're walking into understand that there's going to be a process um for you i i would tell everybody to not not get locked in on the big picture right when you get to school get locked in on the day-to-day win monday and go and be the (laughs) best you can be in the classroom then go to practice and execute whatever the install was whatever they're giving you um, and just try to win every single day. Eventually, you'll start to get into a good habit of, hey, okay, here's my time. You know, Tuesdays, Thursdays, I have a light course load, so mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to meet with my coaches longer. Or Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, I'm done. You know, I, and then as you kind of pursue throughout it, you'll get a better feel for it. it. It's a hard transition. The biggest thing I went through was um, I started as a freshman, and so you go from being around a bunch of 17 and 18 year old kids to looking grown men in the eyes and leading them. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And that's a, that's, that's a real, I mean, those are real things where you get in there and I tell everybody in the world on my first road trip, it was me and my buddy from California were both 17 cause we were young for our grade. So yeah. my parents were signing all the waivers for the NCAA, <laughs> but we're eating candy in the, uh, in the hotel room and I walk down the hall and one of my offensive linemen is in there with his wife and two oh, kids. Gosh. Right. So yeah, you go yeah. from realizing that, Hey, I'm, you know, just a normal kid and these are all my friends to like, there are, there are people who, you know, are banking on going to the next level and have mm-hmm. families and, um, that's going to be the biggest adjustment. And if you're securing yourself and you understand how, um, to compartmentalize stuff and, and make sure you're well-rounded, you'll be, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And Ty, what are, what are your hopes and expectations for, um, the spring and going into your senior year and what are you doing to, to prepare for that? Um, well, you know, my goals for next year is to do everything that we did this year, you know, undefeated season. Um, I think if I focus on the team more than myself, all the accolades personally will come to follow, and I think that's true for anybody. Uh, you know, during this spring, it's six to seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, doing it, it, it looks different um, scheduling just because I'll have an hour lifting after school, then I'll have three hours of, you know, downtime to do homework and stuff like that. And then I go and work out with uh, another trainer who's working more speed and agility. Um, You know, some days I'll go up to Tim and we'll do QB stuff and just go over board work. And then 
um, Saturdays and Sundays, I'll try to throw at least twice, maybe three times, and um, you know, just keep working to those goals and um, trying to get my whole team involved in those activities. Mm-hmm. Outstanding. And so uh, we're going to be talking about um, kind of the emotional world of the elite athlete. I'm going to bring on after the break a psychologist and University of Virginia professor, Dr. Antoinette Thomas, uh, to talk about uh, how all this does can take a toll. Tim, you were talking about um, feeling unprepared for what you were facing. It's a big adjustment going from high school to college, and I can only imagine the college athlete who does have those pro dreams, um, how much pressure it can be, and especially going to a, a great school, for example, like the University of Virginia. It's academically uh, elite, and so there's an expectation, athlete or not, that you're going to perform in the classroom as well. And so we're going to talk about uh, some of those unique mental health issues. If you have any experiences... Um, uh, that you can talk about of knowing what those challenges look like. Please share that. Uh, but we'll be talking with Dr. Antoinette Thomas when we come back from the break. This is Living Well with Dr. Peg. Don't go away. We'll be back. Schools are increasingly adopting 21st century learning strategies. However, safety largely remains absent from the conversation and fragmented efforts continue allowing for security gaps. Studies show effective learning can only exist when students and teachers feel safe. As the industry leader providing innovative educational solutions for more than 58 years, School Specialty has created the 21st Century Safe School, which aligns next generation learning best practices with proven safety solutions focused on the mental, physical, and emotional well-being of every student, teacher, and school employee. From early childhood solutions to advanced training for teachers and administrators, the 21st Century Safe School is the most complete and comprehensive approach available to schools and universities. As a parent, you have every right to demand that your child is afforded the safest environment. Take action today by calling us at 877-878-5800 and learn more about this innovative approach at SSIGuardian.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Do you ever make changes, but after a few days, weeks, or even months, you slip back into your old behaviors and patterns? If you want something different, you've got to do something different. Yet most people won't do what's required to experience the lasting change they say they want. Why? Because change is hard, it's scary, and it comes at a cost. If you're ready for change, join me for a one-day, do something different for a change, personal transformation retreat. In this intensive yet intimate retreat, you'll learn fundamental principles and strategies for lasting change and transformation and craft a customized plan that you can put into action right away. Contact me today to schedule your own private VIP, do something different for a change, personal transformation retreat. Go to drpegradio.com retreat. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, and my guests have been Ty Evans and Tim Jenkins here with me in the studio. If you'd like to share this interview with a friend or a fellow athlete, coach, parent, 
Or even if you want to start off the new year right by purchasing and reading a copy of my book, Do Something Different for a Change, go to drpegradio.com. You'll find the program archives, information about all of my upcoming retreats and workshops for 2018. Uh, thanks again, Ty Evans and Tim Jenkins. Um, we're going to switch gears here a little bit, and we're going to bring Dr. Antoinette Thomas into the conversation. Dr. Antoinette Thomas is an associate professor in the Curry School of Education at the University of Virginia, and her research interests include psychoeducational assessment, diversity issues in school psychology, school consultation, and psychotherapy with children and adolescents. And as a clinical psychologist, Dr. Thomas has extensive experience and expertise counseling and working with college athletes at the University of Virginia. Dr. Antoinette Thomas, thanks so much for joining us by phone today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you on. So you have um, a host of experience uh, working with college athletes at the University of Virginia, and you've been listening um, to our conversation with Ty and Tim. Uh, can you share with us uh, some of your experiences and the challenges uh, that you've encountered over the years uh, when, when you've worked with uh, elite college athletes around mental health, wellness, motivation, um, balancing it all? Oh, sure. Well, you know, I, I notice a couple of different things when I've been working with student athletes, and some of it depends on where they are developmentally um, and where they are in their athletic programs. So the first thing you notice is that when students transition to college, and as you said earlier, a lot of students have difficulty making that transition, but I find that it's really challenging for students, student athletes, when they first come to college because the demands are so much greater on them. Athletic demands are greater, the academic demands are greater, um, and then there's some other social issues going on, and it's just very challenging for them to figure out how to balance all of that. Um, and then as students, student athletes, you know, are here their first year, their second year, they get more playing time as they become more popular, and there are sometimes demands by the media. Um, all of those things can uh, kind of take a toll on them. And, um, you know, we see them struggling sometimes with how to, to balance all of those. So some of the things that Ty has talked about, even at the high school level, sounds like it gets magnified for many of the student-athletes, especially uh, the more successful they are at, uh, athletically, probably puts more of a, a strain on every other aspect of their college experience. Oh, certainly. Um, again, you know, they, they have to maintain the academics because they have to remain eligible right, to be right. able to play. So there's an increased demand there. And, and then just in terms of the academics um, and the increased demands academically, one of the things that student athletes would often say to me is, I didn't realize there was so much reading you had to do in college. <laughs> so just, you know, figuring out how they're going to get all the work done and do all the reading uh, it, it is, again, challenging. And then, you know, there's practice time. There's more practice time. Sometimes there's study hall that they have to go to. Um, there, again, is time perhaps with the media. Um, you know, they're, they're popular. People are calling on them. There are volunteer events. There's traveling. There are just a lot of things that are associated with being a student athlete. And um, it really does become, it can take a toll yeah. on them. And so as they're uh, adjusting to those um, greater demands, uh, how common is it for it to go from um, kind of an expected adjustment period to something that, that was uh, not what they were 
uh, expecting to encounter, you know, all the extra work, the level of work. Uh, how, how often does it go from just that adjustment to true mental health challenges? You know, I think that um, it, it's more common than people are aware of. Um, I, sometimes it goes to a clinical level. You know, we see quite a bit of anxiety and depression uh, among some of our student athletes. And I think some, some recent research indicated that about 30% of student athletes may be experiencing some of these um, mental health issues. Uh, and only about 10% of them will actually seek some help wow. um, or support. Mm-hmm. And so how do you, um, how does that show up? Uh, if, they're, if they're not seeking support, what kinds of behaviors or what might they be expressing that, we, that listeners could see if they know a student athlete at that level, if they're a, a classmate of theirs or a professor, or even for the coaches who are listening, mm-hmm. what would that look like? How would it show up in their day-to-day lives? Well, first of all, most student athletes try to hide it. Mm-hmm. They don't want anyone to know that, that they're dealing with this. Um, and they are plagued by the whole stigma uh, that's often attached with some of the, the mental issues um, that they might be experiencing. But beyond that, what we might see is, um, first of all, it, most often we see it in their academic performance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, failing grades, uh, not keeping up, uh, not going to class, um, just not doing the day-to-day things that they need to do. Um, then, of course, you can also see it on uh, in terms of their a- athletic performance. Um, so they're not performing at the level mm-hmm. that they have been performing. And those are probably the two biggest uh, red flags that, that we see. Also, there's not a whole lot of time for social um, events and being involved socially, but you see some of that diminish. They aren't doing as much as they might have otherwise socially. Um, being more withdrawn, not being with friends. So those are some of the the key things that we often see. Mm -hmm. So it would be important for roommates, teammates, coaches, parents to be knowledgeable about those kinds of um, changes in in behavior, in performance academically, athletically, and socially. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I saw one stat that said that um, 95% of male athletes and 86% of female athletes were stressed by factors such as tests and examinations, preparing papers for class, missing classes because of travel and making mm-hmm. up missed assignments. How much of a problem is that for athletes? You know, we people like me who don't play, you know, college sports, there's this belief that athletes are going to be treated differently in the classroom because they're mm-hmm. athletes. Um, how, how true is that? And, um, you know, it's kind of this disconnect between the majority of athletes are stressed out by all these academic factors, but Many people mm-hmm. kind of think they're being um, let off easy. Uh, what's, it re- what's really going on there? Um, you know, I think we, we see a range of, of things there, and sometimes student athletes report that they feel like they have it harder, that the demands are greater, um, that they don't get off the hook because they are a student athlete or that they are expected to perform um, you know, at a greater level because they are student athletes. So um, I think that it, it, 
it's not the case that most people are letting them off the hook mm-hmm. or they have it easy. They they have to meet the same demands as any other student. And and often it's more not so much coming from, say, instructors, but just the fact that they have so many other things to do, like practice, study, get their work done, that makes it even more challenging for them. Mm-hmm. I see Ty is nodding his head, that, <laughs> that he agrees with you, that um, there may be a perception and a belief that you're being uh, treated differently or getting off the hook. We used to, um, I went to Brown University, and there was a, um, a science class elective that I needed to fit in for my degree, and it was recommended that I take a class called Shocks for Jocks. <laughs> and it was an elect- electrical engineering mm-hmm. kind of class or something. Right. There was another one in the geology apar- a department called Rocks for Jocks. Oh, so, you okay. know, there are these stereotypes out there <laughs> right. that, oh, these are going to be easy courses. Well, it turns out I had to, I ended up dropping Shocks for Jocks. This <laughs> psychologist's mind couldn't wrap itself around, you know, the circuits and capacitors right. and the, the basic math and algebra right. that I had to do to solve those problems. So, mm-hmm. you know, just that, the course is being nicknamed that and the reputation was that they were easy take this right. if you need an easy a and that right. really wasn't the case if i could jump in for a sure. second too i think there is um around that perception i know that when i went to school there was a constant clash between academics and athletics mm-hmm. so you do sometimes as an athlete feel like you know i think sometimes professors do feel like hey we're getting the short end of the stick when Mm. athletics gets all this revenue and all this and 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 there is a clash and i do think that as an athlete you feel that every once in a while when you're Mm -hmm. on the campuses Mm -hmm. you do feel hey okay this i'm not sure how much they like that i am a football player Mm. so it's um is a real perception that that is hard to overcome sometimes yeah yeah Mm -hmm. ty anything you want to share um yeah i can't agree more there's i've actually had you know teachers be like you're not getting treated differently just because you're our quarterback Mm, i was i just want to be treated like a regular student i i understand that i'm not gonna and i i'm sorry i think it's just dumb for me to ask for special treatment because i know that's unrealistic and that's abusing what i do on the field as far as trying to um get off in the classroom get off easier and you know, it's, you know, teachers I see sometimes are harder on the stu- uh, student athletes and they mm-hmm. see that they think that we're trying to get easier class loads mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, you know, we're just over here trying to balance our schedules and yeah. balance our energy right. and time management. So, you know, I definitely think that um, both sides of the argument are have some misunderstandings, mm-hmm. I guess. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Dr. Antoinette Thomas, um, you know, that pressure um, to perform on the field, you know, pressure to win, especially Ty now right. coming off of a state championship, there's going to be a lot more pressure. He's got the pressure of going into a senior year and, and um, you know, where's he going to sign to go for college? Uh, you mm-hmm. talked about the, the anxiety, possible depression, mm-hmm. um, and possibly even a lot of fear. Uh, how right. often did you see uh, athletes just burn out that they, they don't, um, you know, triumph over all of those pressures and, um, and obstacles? It, it, it's not unusual to see that. Um, and one of the things that I noticed when working with student athletes, that it really helped uh, for them to have a safe place um, and, and a safe person to come to talk to about some of their fears and some of their anxieties, that it really just doing that alone seemed to be helpful to them mm-hmm. because I think they have to present themselves in a certain way 
um, to the public and, and to their peers and to their coaches. And sometimes when they're experiencing some of those fears um, and anxieties, it's viewed as a sign of weakness, and they don't want to come across that way to others. So, you know, having having the opportunity to just say that, express that mm-hmm. to someone and kind of explore those feelings um, can help prevent some of that that burning out. That's great. And so I know when I was at University of Virginia uh, back in the late uh, 80s, um, there were just extraordinary resources for the athletes. And there was a stat they used to uh, be very proud of, and you can tell me if it's still uh, remains um, that uh, the athletes at UVA graduated at a higher rate than the general student body because mm-hmm. they had such wonderful resources for them. Right. And people right. like you working uh, in the counseling department and supporting the athletic department. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about the kinds of resources that um, that athletes, student athletes need. So when Ty and his parents are deciding on what school to go to, what college, it's not only about the best coach, coach and the best team, but what mm-hmm. uh, institution is going to have the kinds of resources that he needs so that he doesn't burn out, so that he right. is able to thrive. Talk about yeah. those resources. Sure. Uh, most schools these days have some kind of academic support program, So, and it can take many different forms. So typically... It's um, some type of tutoring program so that student, student athletes can uh, have ready, uh, ready access to a tutor um, in whatever subject they might need some assistance with. Um, there are other kinds of supports, and they're called different things in, at different schools, but it could be uh, a mentor or an instructional assistant or someone that can just help you with managing your schedule and helping you to see when you've got tests and papers and projects coming, um, sort of like a, kind of like a personal assistant in some ways, um, <laughs> helping you to, to, you know, take a look at that and, and keep you focused on those kinds of things. Um, some schools now have, uh, and this was part of my job when, um, when I was working in, with student-athletes more, um, provide a psychologist um, within the athletic setting, and mm-hmm. there's a big difference between having someone in the athletic setting versus outside of the athletic setting. Um, so having that person there to provide some of the emotional um, and, and mental health kind of support is can be key. Mm-hmm. Another and- thing is that there are student uh, support groups now, especially for mental health issues, that are not... Um, not that are run by student athletes within again the student athletic program, um, not necessarily through the mental health um, uh, facilities there uh, on the campus. Um, so those are some of the kinds of things that um, that one would want to to be families and and students would want to be looking for in terms of support. Right. Thank you. That's a great summary. And where you're saying about 30% of students might, uh, student athletes might be having some mental health concerns, but only 10% are getting help. I see the value of having the peer support groups and having Mm -hmm. the counseling and mental health resources embedded in the athletic department reduces that stigma. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Antoinette Thomas, uh, for being our expert uh, psychologist and sharing (laughs) your insights into this, uh, our topic today and our conversation. Thanks so much. Uh, I'm going to give Ty and Tim the last word before we 
um, go out. We've got about two minutes left. Uh, what are your thoughts, Ty, about uh, hearing what Dr. Thomas shared? Are those things that were on your radar prior to today? Um, yeah, there's, I mean, my sister did, is both my sisters have played college athletics mm-hmm. and, you know, gone to class and done all that. So I understand the, um, you know, kind of challenges that come with it. And, you know, I'd say that even more students have those psychological issues and that won't even admit it mm-hmm. and don't even know that it's happening because, um, you know, you're taught so much as an athlete to ignore when you're having pain, yeah. rub dirt on it, get back out there and get the job done. And, yeah. Um, you know, that's good in a lot of ways and that you need that in life. But on the psychological ends, I'm not sure if that's, you know, perfect for keeping yourself mentally in check. Yeah. yeah. And so there's something uh, called building resistance and being resilient when we have those kinds of challenges. And yeah, we want to be able to get back up, back on the horse, so to speak, to mix our metaphors with sports and horseback riding. But yeah, we don't want to ignore those signs of mental uh, health distress. And uh, Tim, give you the last word here before we close out. Yeah, Dr. Thomas did a really good job addressing what family should look for and I think they just every family should be cognizant of what institution is going to develop the whole person and he's going to perform athletically at his best when everything else is clicking so awesome make sure they're looking for that yeah well thanks so much Tim Jenkins with Jenkins Elite and Ty Evans our Gatorade Colorado football player of the year and Palmer Ridge High School QB thanks so much to both of you and Dr. Antoinette Thomas for being with me today I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, reminding you to live well. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Living Well with Dr. Peg. For more information or to contact Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark about her mental health or consulting services, please visit her webpage at drpegradio.com.